0: All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. The Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, as I am taught the word of God, my life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen, you may be seated. As we head into the fall, I want to encourage you to set the right pattern with your family, to be in church, be in church when the doors are open, to put God first on Sunday with your family and to honor the Lord's day. We've been doing a series on miracles of the New Testament, learning the patterns and principles of these miracles and how we can apply them to our everyday lives. As we sang about this morning, our Heavenly Father is good. He loves us, and he is for us. And he wants us to walk in his goodness, his blessing, his favor. And if we we'll have eyes to see it, the works of Satan have no right, no place, no authority in our lives. But it doesn't just stop there. What God does in our lives, he wants to do through our lives. We learned last Sunday morning that some of the religious leaders cared more about their animals, their livestock, than they did people. How sad, how pitiful. We were in Luke chapter 13 last Sunday. Luke 13, beginning in verse 15. The Lord answered the synagogue ruler, you hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? We saw last Sunday that it it was not Father God. It was not the will of God that did this to this woman. It was Satan, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her. And yet, the religious leaders cared more about their animals, their livestock, than they did people. How sad, how pitiful. Elsewhere, Jesus told them that they should not neglect justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Jesus taught in the Gospels that whatever we do for the least of these, we do for him. Jesus had compassion. He lived with compassion. He ministered with compassion. And we should do the same. Matthew tells us in Matthew 9, beginning in verse 35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them. He had compassion on them. You know, a lie of the enemy is that no one cares. Well, a person you, may, you know may not care, but our Heavenly Father cares. I said our Heavenly Father cares. He careth for us. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore to send out workers into his harvest field. It's Labor Day weekend, and my message to you is that we are all workers in the kingdom of God. We are all workers in the kingdom of God, each and every one of us. We should all be workers in the harvest fields of God. The time is short, so we should all, each and every one of us, we should all be workers in the harvest fields of God. Jesus had compassion. He lived with compassion. He ministered with compassion. He had compassion both on the sheep of Israel, but he even had compassion on those outside the covenant. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 2 verse 4 that God wants all men, God wants everyone, all men and all women, to be saved. Now, all will not believe. All will not accept the gospel. But all should have the opportunity to hear the gospel. All should have at least one opportunity to hear the gospel. A grandmother in the church has been inviting a lady that she met in a store for a year. She has been periodically texting her encouraging her and inviting her to church for a year. For a year. It's hard to believe, but for an entire year. And last Sunday at 11 a.m., that lady came to church. She walked the aisle and gave her life to the Lord. That's what it's all about. You know, in the past couple of months, had some people causing distractions. Meanwhile, Pastor Sue and I are going to visit people in the hospital fighting the good fight of faith. That's what's important not someone's issue, not someone's drama, not, not whatever they're up to. And, and all of that is a distraction from what we are to be about. And that is seeing people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, but it can't stop there. Then they, like that testimony I read this morning, they've got to be in church. They've got to be hearing the word of God. They've got to be disciple, They've got to be taking action on the word because that's how someone produces and bears good fruit. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Jesus gave the parable of the sower, the various types of soil. Now, not everyone is good soil, but being good soil is possible. But you gotta hear the word, you gotta accept the word, and then in your life, you've gotta go to work on the base of that word, producing a harvest. Jesus said 30, 60, and 100-fold. You've heard Pastor and I refer many times to Dr. Fred Price's 1988 message entitled, The Other Side of Signs and Wonders. You've heard my father rehearse how that changed their lives in the late 80s. And in that message at a charismatic full gospel ministers conference, Dr. Price pointed out that as New Testament believers, we're not to live by signs and wonders. We're not to live by miracles. We're not to live by the gifts of the spirit. We like them. We want them, we desire them. It's wonderful when the gifts of the Spirit are in manifestation, but that's not every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Day by day, we're to live by faith. Day by day, we're to live by the written word of God. Day by day, we're to do what Jesus said, and that is to make disciples. Wednesday night I rehearsed how sometimes when we pray in the morning, it's early and we need more coffee. But if you come on Friday or Saturday morning, you might think, I need more coffee. That's what the men are here doing and that is seeing other men new to the church be discipled and taught the ways of Jesus. That is what it is all about. In 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, the Apostle Paul wrote, quoting Habakkuk, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We could say it this way, we walk by the word of God, not by sight, not by circumstances. We're to live the daily Christian life by the written word of God. We're to live by his word and we're to be taking action on his word. And that message, Dr. Price points out that in the book of Acts, signs, wonders, miracles, these things advertise the fact that Jesus is alive, that he is risen from the dead, that he is the only way by which men and women can be saved. Signs and wonders advertise the kingdom of God to the lost, to unbelievers. So many Christians, especially full gospel Christians, they're frustrated in their walk with the Lord, and they make no progress year after year, and it's because they're trying to live by signs, wonders, and miracles when day by day we're to live by faith When day by day, we're to live by the written word of God. I'm 41, and I've seen plenty. But the Lord told Thomas, it's better to believe and not see. It's nice when we see. But the Lord told Thomas, it's better to believe and not see. Day by day, we're to live by faith. Day by day, we're to live by his word. And there are some days that's less exciting than other days. But if it's the life you live, over time, you'll be good soil and you'll produce good fruit. Day by day, we're to take action on the written word of God. Signs and wonders, miracles. This is how God advertises his kingdom. But hey, I've been in church a long time. I don't need to be advertised to. I'm sold. And now that I'm sold, I ought to be used to the Lord to advertise his kingdom to others. See, so many believers have this backwards. They've been in church a long time, but they're wanting God to do something to impress them. They want to see something. No, 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 no. We're to be used to advertise the kingdom to others. We're to live our lives by the written word of God. And day by day in your own life, you've got to learn how to live by faith, by the word. And then you got to discipline yourself to take action on that word. I learned from Dr. T.L. Osborne that what God does, God does through us. And now what God has done in our lives, he now wants to do through us in the lives of others. Do you want to see miracles? Then be used of God to pray for and to encourage others. You know, last Sunday at 11 a.m., that was a miracle. But that was the result of a grandmother in this church for a year Texting someone she met in a store, a stranger. Texting to encourage her. Texting to invite her to church. That's the result of her efforts for a year. Do you want to see miracles? Then be used of God to pray for and encourage others. Do you want to see signs and wonders? Then be willing to be used by God to pray for and encourage others. Be willing to step out in faith. And just see what God will do. So in the passage for today, let's learn from Jesus to see what we should be doing. And then day by day in our lives, remind ourselves that we've got to live by faith, by the word. And we have to discipline ourselves to be taking action on the word every day. Turn to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse 1. Luke 14, beginning in verse 1, one Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. It was common on the Sabbath for a visiting speaker in a synagogue to be invited for a Sabbath meal after the service. So one Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. The religious leaders were plotting and conspiring against Jesus, so it's possible they invited him to ensnare or to entrap him. That's what they were doing. He was being carefully watched. When Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. But see, that's a distraction from what we're to be about. The noise The drama, people's issue, their criticism, it's a distraction from what really matters. You might say, Austin, what really matters? Verse two, there in front of him was a man suffering from dropsy. There in front of him was a man suffering from dropsy. Dropsy is an old-fashioned word for edema. Edema is when water watery fluid collects in the cavities or the tissue of the body. There's too much fluid in the body, the body's tissue, and the body swells, and this is called edema. This can be caused by veins not working properly, can also, we now know, can be caused by congestive heart failure, blood, fluid, collect in the lungs and in the legs and the extremities of the body. Symptoms include swelling under the skin, especially in the legs or in the arms. So imagine if you suffered from this, how you would feel. Imagine how painful. And not just in 2023, but back in the first century. Them not knowing the cause, them not knowing what to do. You know, it's amazing how barbaric medicine was up until recent times. I say that. There are some things that are still barbaric, but you know, if you lived 100, 150 years ago and didn't feel well, you know, they might say, well, we need to cut you and get a few bowls and let you bleed all the impurities out, or we need to get some leeches and put some leeches on you to fix this problem. So imagine the suffering, imagine the discomfort, imagine the pain And not just in 2023 when they might be able to do some medication or different things to relieve this. Imagine living in these ancient days. Pain, suffering, swollen. Imagine how painful. So this man was suffering in his body. But but the religious leaders were not focused on this man. They did not care about this man. They, They did not care about helping this man. They did not care about being a blessing to this man. They did not care about being a help, being a blessing to his family, doing something to help the situation, to alleviate the situation, to make things better. They they were focused on their fight and their criticisms with Jesus. But again, what, what does our heavenly father care about? He cares about people. He cares for us. And what is he focused on? He is focused on meeting the needs of people. There in front of him was a man suffering from dropsy. So a man was suffering in his body. And friends at work, all around us, in our neighborhoods, at our children's athletic events, there are people suffering. They are suffering. And we have the answer. His name is Jesus and that's why we've got to see past the distractions it's why we've got to see past any of the noise or nonsense going on and our focus has to be on the Lord our focus has to be on our family our focus has to be on our church family and then our focus has to be on those in need around us not on whatever noise or drama or this or that may be going on we have the answer Tell your neighbor, say, we have the answer. Tell your other neighbor, say, we have the answer. And his name is Jesus. You know, we're headed in the fall. Praise God, it's going to cool down soon. Amen. Then it'll be time to break out the Christmas lights. (laughs) Ours are going up before the fall carnival. I love Christmas. But his name is Emmanuel. God with us. Doesn't matter how you feel. Doesn't matter if it's your best day ever. Doesn't matter if the kids all got loaded easily in the car on the way to school. If you're born again, you carry the Lord with you wherever you go. So when you're at work, the Lord is with you. When you're at the grocery store, the Lord is with you. So we gotta set aside the noise and focus on what's right in front of us. And there are, there are suffering people right in front of us. And if we'll be used of the Lord and step out in faith, you'll just be amazed at what God will do. And I, I know this, God, God will do the craziest, most unbelievable things to get the attention of people who don't know him and don't know his son. We have an answer. We have the answer. His name is is Jesus. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from dropsy. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. You won't find one place in the Old Testament, won't find one place in the law or in Leviticus that would lead you to believe it's wrong to pray for someone on the Sabbath or it's wrong for someone to be healed on the Sabbath. The Pharisees claimed that they were followers of Moses, but they were all about their own traditions and their own rules. But they wouldn't listen to Jesus' correction or his rebuke. So I love the answer he finally gave them in, John's gospel, that before Moses he was. And before Abraham, he was. And that just angered them even more. And as we saw last Sunday, they they cared more about their own animals than they did people. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts on the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. We've learned in this series that healing, divine healing, it is not physical work, but it is spiritual work. It's spiritual work. And praise God, Jesus our Lord is the great physician. So Jesus was not violating the Sabbath and he was not violating the law. He asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man. Now, normally this might be painful. If you suffered from dropsy or you suffered from edema, Swollen, fluid and blood filling the body, the cavities of the body, the tissues of the body, pain, suffering, discomfort. Jesus took hold of the man. Normally, this might hurt, but it's Jesus, and this is the answer. And when Jesus takes hold of a man or woman's life, everything begins to change. And this is why we talk about making Jesus Lord and giving him the entirety of our lives and submitting the entirety of our lives to him. He took hold of the man, healed him and sent him away. Taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him away. Then he asked the religious leaders, if one of you has a son or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull him out? which is physical work, and they had nothing to say. How sad, how shameful. People matter most. People matter to God, and they should matter to us. What is most important is whether or not someone will be in heaven, in the city of God someday. What is most important is that your loved ones, your children, your grandchildren, they'll be in the city of God someday. What's most important is that the people around us that we interact with, they have the opportunity to hear and to accept or reject the gospel, that they would have the opportunity to be in the city of God someday. So don't be like these Pharisees. Be like Jesus. Our Heavenly Father is a God of compassion. Jesus had compassion. Jesus lived with compassion. And Jesus ministered with compassion. Taking hold of the man... He healed him and sent him away. As we've seen, Jesus was not afraid to touch lepers who had an incurable, contagious skin disease. He was not afraid to touch this man, perhaps with a heart problem, his lungs full of blood and fluid, swollen hands, swollen arms, swollen legs, swollen feet. Jesus was unafraid to touch this man who was suffering in his body. Taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him away. The man was healed. He was healed immediately. And with this kind of healing, everyone present could see this healing with their physical eyes. Everyone present could see the immediate change. They could see the swelling disappear. They could could see his, his arms, his hands, his legs, his feet return to what we would consider a normal appearance, a normal skin tone. Friends, and when we have Jesus and live for Jesus, people should be able to see the change in us. They should be able to see the change in every area of our lives. It ought to be visible. It ought to be evident. And that's why when we teach on the blessing of God, we explain that blessing is tangible. It can be seen. Taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him away. When someone is in need or suffering, encourage them. Tell them the good news that you know. Tell them about Jesus and offer to pray for them. He might say, well, Austin, what if this doesn't happen? What if that doesn't happen? As we'll see in a minute, God doesn't confirm us or our opinions. He confirms his word. And I know this from the Bible, how and know it from experience, although we walk by the Bible and not by our experience, but I know this to be true, that our heavenly father will do the most unbelievable things to prove to unbelievers that his son is alive, that he is risen from the dead, that he is seated at his right hand. Be willing to step out in faith and just see what God will do. God loves us and he loves people and he has given us many means and methods for healing. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he loves the hurting. So when you're out and about, you're at the store, or you're at work and someone's in need and you tell them the good news, and you offer to pray for them and step out in faith, you could pray a simple prayer of faith according to Mark 11:24, 24, or you could pray in faith, and if they're willing, if they're receptive, lay hands upon them according to Mark chapter 16. You know, we have to be, as Jesus said, as wise as serpents and harmless as doves in the days in which we're living. So you might have to do it at lunch. You might have to go off to the side or outside by your car. You don't have to get up on a table in a conference room and make a great big show of it. But you could pray a simple prayer of faith, according to Mark eleven twenty four. You could offer to pray in faith and lay hands upon them according to Mark chapter sixteen, or according to James five fourteen through sixteen. You could pray in faith. You could anoint them with oil. You could lay hands upon them and believe God for a miracle. God loves us, and God loves people, and there are many means. And methods, that's how much he loves us. And that's how much he loves those who are hurting. Someone could tell you about a sick child or a sick relative. You could, pray, you could do what the Apostle Paul did. You could take a cloth. You could take a hanky. You could pray the prayer of faith. You could anoint it with oil and send it with the coworker or send it with the friend or send it with someone you know and tell them to give it to the person or to stick it under their pillow. You might say, well, what if God doesn't? Friends, I'm telling you, if we'll step out in faith, we'll be amazed at what God will do. But see, we have to be willing. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit. We have to be willing to step out in faith, taking hold of the man. He healed him and sent him away. Just as Father God advertised his kingdom through Jesus, he wants to advertise his kingdom through us. Yeah, I know people are advertising all kinds of things. Why don't we advertise the Lord? I said, why don't we advertise the Lord? I said, why don't we advertise the Lord? I understand you got to make a living, got to do what you do, you got to hustle. But the greatest thing we can sell is the Lord. The greatest thing we can advertise is the Lord. Because the Lord is never going to go bankrupt. And the Lord is never going to let anyone down. He is always with us. He will never forsake us. So that what we ought to be focused on is the Lord. And what we ought to be telling people about is the Lord. God advertised his kingdom through Jesus. And he wants to advertise his kingdom through us, through you and me. And remember, not not just me or Aaron, those in full-time ministry, where we are all workers in his harvest fields. So he wants to advertise through all of us. He cares about the suffering. He wants them to be healed. He wants to see relationships and marriages and families restored. He wants to see the lost saved. He wants to see people brought out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. But what God does, God does through us, through you and me, through willing vessels. So step out in faith and just see what God will do. Step out in faith and just see what God will do. He honors and he confirms his word. Look at the very end of Mark chapter 16. Mark 16 and verse 20. This is after he gave them the great commission. Mark 16 verse 20, it says, Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them. See, when we're about his business, the Lord works with us. When we're focused on what we ought to be focused on and doing what we ought to be doing, the Lord works with us. If He works with us, how can we fail? If He works with us, how can we go backwards? If, we, if He works with us, how can we be embarrassed? If He works with us, how can we be put to shame? The Lord worked with them and confirmed what? His word. And confirmed His word by signs. That accompanied it. If you tell people Jesus is alive, what is God going to confirm in their life? That Jesus is alive. If you tell people that he can restore relationships, what is he going to confirm in their lives? That with God all things are possible. He can move upon someone's heart. If you tell someone according to the word that by the wounds of Jesus the price has been paid and they are healed. What is God going to confirm? He's going to confirm his word. The Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. See, there there are believers, and God bless them, they're chasing signs. That's not how it works. We're to be about the Lord's business. And when you're about the Lord's business, the Lord will work with you. And when you're about the Lord's business, doing what Jesus did, telling people what the word says, what does he confirm? He confirms his word. With what? The signs that accompany his words. When Dr. Teal Osborne asked Pastor and I to go with him to the Ukraine, most amazing thing I've ever seen You know, a lot of people are looking for fireworks in church services. Dr. T.L. had no fireworks. He had no lights. He He didn't have any of that. You know, up in the office, we've got packages and packages of cassette tapes from his crusades over the years. And at some point, I figured out that he had a series of messages he did. And when he did a crusade, he would often preach the same gospel messages in the same order. So sitting there those services in Ukraine, I I began to recognize the messages. Then I began to recognize the order. But he would stand there, simple message from the gospels, Jesus is alive. Jesus is our savior. Jesus is our healer. And then he would say, he would tell hurting people, if what I have told you is a lie, nothing will happen. But if what I have told you is the truth, right now, the sick will begin to be healed. No theatrics, no emotionalism, but some of the greatest miracles I have ever seen. The Lord worked with them. And what did he confirm? His word by the signs that accompanied it. See, we're, we're looking in the wrong places. Where you ought to be looking is at being a blessing where you go to work. You ought to be looking at being a blessing where you take your children to school. You ought to be looking for opportunities to be a blessing when you gas up your car, you go to the grocery store because there are, there are suffering people all around us. And you tell them about the Lord and you tell them what the word says. God will do what? He'll confirm his word with the signs that accompany his word. Step out in faith and just see what God will do. Signs and wonders are how he advertises his kingdom. But what he does, he does through us. He does through you and me. He does through willing vessels. So step out in faith and just see what God will do. Please bow your heads. You might be here today. You've heard me speak of the goodness of God. You've heard me speak of Jesus who cares, who loves us. Walking with God and living for God and knowing God is your father and being a part of the family of God, it all begins by giving your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. He loves you and he gave his life for you. The Bible says that he, in fact, he laid down his life for you. He paid the price that you and I deserve to pay. The world, it'll light us. It'll tell us that if we're a good person or if we're good enough, that's sufficient. We'll be in heaven someday. This modern age, it'll tell us that we can come up with our own path to God. Th- those are lies. There is one name by which we can be saved and his name is Jesus. He laid down his life for you and for me. And through Him, we can be a part of the family of God. Through Him, we can know what it is to have God as our Father, to to not be alone, but to have God with us and God for us. To be forgiven, to be saved, it is all made possible by giving your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here today and say, Austin, I've never done that, but I want to. I want to ask Jesus into my heart and into my life. I want to give him my life. That's you this morning, wherever you're seated. Raise your hand to where I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to ask him to be my Lord and my Savior. You might also be here today in at a time in your life, you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you know in your heart, you've not been living for God. You know you've been doing your own thing and you've paid the price and maybe you blame God maybe you blamed others but you, you know you know the only answer is the Lord the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning the Bible says that if we confess our sins he's faithful he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness you can leave here today knowing you have peace with God if you're here today and say Austin that's me I want to recommit my life. I want to make things right with the Lord. That's you wherever you're seated. Raise your hand. Raise it to where I'll see it and I'll know. You want me to pray with you. give you just a moment. You might be watching, listening online. An hour later, you say, Austin, that's for me. Pray with me. Repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins. And I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I give you the entirety of my life. Thank you for setting me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. Thank you for a new beginning and a fresh start in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, watching or listening or you're here, you say that that's, that's for me. We want to be a blessing. If you're watching or listening online, you can go to the address on the screen. We'll send you a Bible. We'll send you a copy of God's very own child. If you're here today and there's something tugging on the inside, after the service, just see any of the ushers, see the wonderful people at guest services, talk to them. They'll encourage you. They'll pray with you. And you might say, well, I prayed and I'm in need of some materials to get started. See an usher, see the wonderful people at guest services, and they'll they'll talk to you, they'll encourage you, they'll, they'll help you get started in this new life. Live for God. And it is the best life.